everybody, welcome back. You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toasters 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we've switched off our targeting computer in episode 194 today, October 10th, 2020. We're going to be catching up with each other before we're going right into our topic of the day, which is Star Wars Squadron gameplay impressions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the detailed section of your podcast provider below. Steve, happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday to you. Ross, it's a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hey, quit singing over there. <laughs> Someone throws a brick in the middle. Oh, it's a piece and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up with all that racket over there. Man. No, it's it it I I love when the seasons change. You know, summer is great for for summertime things. The sun stays up a little longer and uh you know, everyone's outside a bit longer. It's warm, but when the seasons change and it kind of mellows out a little bit and cools off, leaves start to change color. Something to appreciate about that. Right? Absolutely, I concur, good sir. So, um, how was your week, Russ? How uh, what's going on? Well, my week was quite busy, actually. I, I had a lot of stuff going on Did with, with work and everything else, but I also had a lot of fun with um. Doing certain things, mm. uh, you know, as it applies to watching movies and playing games. Too. Huh. Yeah. So um, definitely am uh, continuing with my Legends of Runeterra escapades, which is nice. I uh, did get a little perturbed oh. the other day, though, as I was playing it because the AI is noticeably harder. You, we, I've yes, we, we we've talked about this before. Right. I understand, but there are certain times, like to, again, to give you an idea. The other day, I had a round against the AI where the AI completely and unequivocally spanked me. Where like I literally only took like one point off its nexus. It took off everything off of mine. Had a full roster of characters on their uh, on on their side. I had like. Maybe one half the time on mine. I mean, you, you, in the and in, in, you know, you see the big thing that says defeat that come up, and you're just like, you know, that was kind of messed up. Like, what? I, I can get past like, okay, sometimes you you can get a just a bad luck of the draw, right? This was just ridiculous. Like, I had like like nothing but like little like one power attack cards and. I couldn't get anything to work right or whatever. And me, I mean, it was literally like I could almost feel the AI laughing at me. It was the funniest thing. Well, I, I think the AI gives up sometimes too when it knows you are spanking it. Yeah. Like there's times where I'm like, yeah, bring it on. And uh, <laughs> it gets to a point where like I have all my good cards out now. It's probably taken me the entire game to actually build up my, what I'm going to play. And then, um, I want to make sure that I'm actually doing the objective. So I get the extra experience so I can get some loot. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll purposefully not go ahead and win so I can extend the game to make sure I play certain cards, to defend certain cards, target other cards, yes. whatever. Right. And so, and then it's like the AI goes, okay, I get it. Like I, and, and sometimes it won't even take a turn. Like, it'll choose its card, and it'll put it out there. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. And it'll go, ah, it's your, your turn again. I'm like, interesting. And so, but then by the end of the game where I go, okay, I'm almost out of cards. I've probably done what I've needed to do. I'll go ahead and spank him, and then it'll be like negative 48 on his end. <laughs> so, no, it's... um More yeah. power. <laughs> you 
just need more power. <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, Griff from Back to the Future. No, Part not two. Griff. It was one of Griff's little uh, uh, sidekicks. That's right. You no, those things don't work on water unless you got power. <laughs> and then Griff like looks and goes, <laughs> strap on. <laughs> oh, I laughed a little bit too hard and laughed into a cough. Whew. Okay. I always thought that that baseball bat he had was just, man, that, that, that looked like a brutal weapon oh, right there. Man. The uh, the sizable. Remember how he could like like uh, extend the length or shorten it behind his back? Yeah. Oh, I love those movies. Golly. So speaking of movies, Russ, I've been thinking. Mm. Thinking a little bit. You know, I'm thinking on the porcelain throne a little bit too much. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's it's the only time where you too can become the thinking man statue. Regarding Disney Plus, remember how I said I wasn't going to get it. I do declare. Well, I haven't got it yet, but I am not surprised. <laughs> what I was thinking is if I know there's talks about Disney buying out what Netflix, uh, Netflix's Marvel stuff. Like they're thinking of like purchasing it from Netflix, putting it on Disney plus and then continuing the series. Oh, like, like just the, the Netflix original yeah, series. Like or Luke Cage, Jessica yeah. Jones, yeah. whatnot. I, but I, so I'm thinking Russ, if they do that, and they bring mm-hmm. Daredevil over. Uh-huh. I'll get Disney Plus. Oh, they bring Daredevil over. Well, I do think that you would be well served if you if you got that platform. I, I have been trying to convince you now for a while. It's a good I, series. I am Man. a uh, a believer hmm. in the Disney Plus. Although I will say that my wife actually made it known to me that she was reading some sort of news article about how they are in fact going to be, I don't even know what the, basically like having, like not removing certain content, but like adopting a style where they, where they have content on there for a while and then they take it away and then they bring it back again and like kind of rotating. Like Netflix does that. It kind of sort of like that, but see Netflix, I think because most of their content is licensed. I don't know how often, like when they, when they pull something away, like how long it is before that, that particular movie makes a return. And my hope is, is that if that is accurate regarding Disney Plus, if they decide to do that, which I, by the way, I think is a bad idea because that's part of like the initial interest of wanting Disney Plus is that you have all of these Disney properties on demand. Like you don't have to play this game of, you know, which one is available, which one's not. But if they do that, then I would hope that they would um, do it in like, say, three or six month increments, right? Like, like you pull something away for three months, then you bring it back again after three months or something to that effect. I can get behind something like that. Ideally though, I, I'm not a fan of, of that model at all when it comes to owning your own content because, because Disney owns all of these properties. So there's no reason for them to do that. Oh, I know Netflix does it, but, um, then didn't, didn't Disney also purchase, uh, they purchased a, it, all of Fox or some of Fox. So they, they purchased most of Fox. Like essentially what they did was they went after 20th century Fox. Right. As well as um, just, well, I, I guess that, that also covers the, the television side as well. But yeah, essentially all of their entertainment properties. So they didn't go after like Fox News. I right. Don't, I don't think they went after, um, what was the other Fox uh, oriented uh, 
I don't, I, maybe Fox Searchlight. I don't remember if, if they got that, but, but essentially like all of the major movie properties, like I think Avatar is on there and Aliens. Um, I, I remember when we, we used it for that little bit of time, I didn't see a whole lot of Fox stuff there, which maybe I was searching for the wrong thing. Maybe they had a tab for Fox movie. I don't know. But I, I when we were searching, I just really didn't see a whole lot of, I think what they were doing was they were still in the process of releasing content mm. because the deal was so fresh. Because I, when I go in there now, I mean, I see Family Guy, I see The Simpsons, I see um, Futurama. I mean, there, there's a ton of um, television stuff that, that um, was always known to be a, a Fox property. It is now on Disney Plus. So that that is really great. And especially when it comes to the movie side of things too. I mean, I, I think that that was a, a pretty, Oh, the other thing that they didn't get was Fox business. That was the other one that I was trying to remember. So Fox business and Fox news, they didn't, they didn't go for more of the newsy side sure. of things. They were only interested in the, in the entertainment properties. Gotcha. I have a statue, Steve. I know you have like 20 statues. I, I, I might even have more than that, Steve. I'm not exactly sure. How that was a round number. Uh-huh. Uh, but I got one uh, this week, actually. Benjamin Franklin? No. <laughs> Not Thomas Jefferson either. Uh, so this is my, if I remember correctly, I think this is the first X-Men statue, Steve. <sighs> now, this particular scale is one-tenth. Jubilee? No. Oh. You know what? Go ahead. Let's see if you can guess which one it is. Uh, Nightcrawler, Russ? Nope. Yeah, they, have, they haven't made that one yet, Steve. Uh, Beast. No. Oh. Um, this is good. This is good. I, I'm enjoying this because I want to see uh, you dust off the cobwebs. Wolverine. No. Iceman. No. Um, <laughs> she got to see his face. No. Gambit. No. <sighs> this, this, Professor X. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Think back to Archangel. It. No. Oh, man. Um, this one, this one is not a morph. Bishop. Nope. But but you're okay. I will give you a clue. You are in the right direction with that name. What? Bishop? Uh-huh. Uh Rook. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pawn. Um, cable. Very good. Yes! That's that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we I think this was like. 13 episodes ago that you were telling me like, oh, I'm going to get cable. <sighs> you got a big gun. Oh, he's got a knife. Always oh, got to keep your trusty, not dusty knife. Well, that's a knife. So yeah, this is by Iron Studios. And, um, Gotta be gotta be careful though when you when you lift it up there, Steve. I'm gonna lift him up by his ear. Um, but anyway, so this is part of a diorama, um, and this is one of the what, what like I think they, they're calling it like an extension piece or something to that effect. But um, anyway, the uh, the idea behind it is that they are going for a '90s version of the character. So back when Jim Lee was doing the comics. Uh, they want to to recreate the look of all of the characters during that time frame. So this one was a, a con exclusive that Iron Studios came out with. And um, for those of you that have not heard of Iron Studios, they are based in Brazil, actually. And they've been there for several years. And this is the first 
Iron Studios statue that I've gotten. I, normally I collect uh, quarter scale or uh, one third scale uh, size statues, but I took a chance on this and I really dig it. I think it's a cool size because it's not so huge. It takes up all the space. But the idea behind this is, remember the, the videos that we were looking at um, a month or two ago that showed those sentinel dioramas where yeah. it had those huge sentinels? This is part of that overall diorama. So um, you you know if you were to get the, the three sentinels that have all the mayhem and stuff going on when they're attacking the uh, Xavier school for the gifted, this is one of those characters that you can get that's it's almost like a, what do you call it? Like a, like a peripheral piece almost. So really, really cool. I was very happy with the detail. I don't know if you could tell in the low lighting where we're at right now, but the, the detail on his clothes, um, his vest, the pouches, um, everything, like the, you could see the stitching and everything. I mean, it's really cool. If you look at his boots, there's a lot of detail with like like dirt and stuff that's, that's on the bottom. What's really nice too is that if you notice, there's a smoke uh, grenade that's gone off. Oh, yeah. Do you recognize who threw that, Steve? Deadpool. Very good. And there is a Deadpool one-tenth scale that just got released as well. I definitely would like to get that. Um, so you can tell that they are being thoughtful with these different pieces by adding in little components like that. So then it ties everything together when you get the other pieces. So this is a lot of fun because obviously we know that Deadpool has kind of a funny relationship with Cable. He's always messing with him and that sort of thing. And Cable is is uh, so stoic. And you know he's from the future where like apparently there's a lot of... Uh, craziness going on and so he he's a very uh very serious man yeah no no joking with cable <laughs> yeah no it's good i like the, the the detail in his muscles with the cybernetic arm yeah yeah it's pretty good i like it nice uh nice meaty weaponry you know you, if you're cable you gotta have like just those those like over the top insanely huge futuristic guns and more than one yeah you must have it and i i appreciate the knee pads too those are some like proper knee pads for being able to, to, to get into a position to fire off something that probably has the kickback of 10 mules. Yeah, that's good. So he's got his, he's got his knife in one hand. I'm just going to kind of describe it to you. So he's on a piece of concrete. He's stepping off another like uh, block or something. And the, the concrete is, is actually like stonework. So if you think of like stone, like flat stone, like, mm -hmm. a, like a flat stone street or, or cobblestone. And so he's looking like you you know you would expect him to look. He's got his standard attire on. He's got his headpiece. Uh, he's got his knife. He's got uh, you know on the shoulder pad. He's got some extra grenades. Mm -hmm. um, so on the other hand, though, in the opposite hand, I guess it'd be his left hand. He has uh, like his assault rifle slash grenade launcher. That's why it's pretty darn big. He's got you know front grip on it. Very large uh, magazine. And on the back, he's got. I mean, I guess that's some sort of. Oh, you know what, what, what gun it is? Man? Oh, what? I remember um, he had, he gave Bishop some gun to take out um, one of those futuristic, uh, I want to say it was Nimrod. Oh. Um, it's a shotgun, but it's like not just uh, like a futuristic, it's it's more than just a shotgun. But yeah. anyway, that, I wonder if that's that that gun. Anyway, it could be a sniper rifle too, but anyway, some something in very large and in charge um, he has... Um, on his back, uh, and then he got his, his pistol on the right, which is where it should be. Handy, dandy, <laughs> yeah. trusty, over the top. I mean, that, that makes a Desert Eagle .50 look like a little uh, squirt gun. Yeah, that's that, that's <laughs> a that's a large pistol. Yes. So anyhow, and then of course, like we just said, we got the grenade. But they uh, they the way they made the the smoke come out is actually a very nice touch. Like it looks like it's 
You know when you toss a grenade or a smoke grenade, like how it's trying to get the smoke out as quick as possible? It's not like a little, but it's a, like it's right. really trying to do its job. That's what you kind of see here. It's it's pushing out that smoke mm-hmm. and um, and the smoke is starting. They really did a good job on the smoke, actually. I like it. Do you notice, too, in between the cracks of the rocks on the base, there's like kind of a, a mossy uh, texture that's that's growing through the cracks. I, I thought that was a nice touch. Right in the, uh, like the grout areas, I guess. If yeah. You, yeah. Kind of a, like a grass or mossiness to it. I, I think that looks really nice. So yeah, th- they have a growing suite of these X-Men characters that are all part of this diorama. What's really nice is that you don't have to get the huge Sentinels if you don't want to. You can actually just buy these characters on an individual basis. Even the ones that come with the Sentinels and uh, I think the, the latest character that they announced was uh, Silver Samurai. So that was another character that um, if you're a Wolverine fan, you're going to instantly know who that character is. But I mean, they I've been really impressed with their dedication to this line so far in terms of what has been coming out. All of the characters look terrific. I took a chance on this. I'm really glad I did because I wasn't sure about like if the paint application or the detail would hold up because this is a smaller scale. Typically, the smaller the scale, it kind of gets more challenging to be able to show off that kind of detail. Uh, but I was very happy with this. I think the color looks great. I think um, the, the just the the little details, especially if you look at it close up and you take the time under proper lighting, um, I'm I'm very happy. And this is way cheaper than the uh, the the larger statues, of course. So looking forward to it. And you know, you as you know, Steve, my favorite X Men is, is Nightcrawler. They have not made a Nightcrawler, and I've been on the statue forums. There are many people like myself who are big Nightcrawler fans, and we're we're all just like, "Where is Nightcrawler? <laughs> What's the deal? Yeah, like, what? Why is is, is there there no uh, representation for for Nightcrawler? You know, what would be kind of cool if they did do him though. You know, you know when Nightcrawler would would go out around the town, he would have that trench coat on. It'd be neat if they had his trench coat, but like um, kind of coming off, like if he was taking it off in a way, and so you could see his X Men outfit underneath the trench coat. Um, but if they kind of hit it like he had a hood on or something like that, uh, you could see his tail coming out. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be neat. Yeah, that'd be super cool. I, I really dig it a lot. So. I don't know. I don't know if they could somehow incorporate like him about to uh, teleport, really. But I don't know. I really know how they would do that. Or maybe smoke, because I know sometimes he would poof. Yeah. Like, well, but. that would be a fun idea too on the piece where like perhaps like on like one um, side of the base you'd have like his bamf. Uh, type of, of uh, teleportation cloud that's like poof and then right. you see him yeah. appearing right. on this side of the base. That I think would, that'd be pretty fun. I think that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Very, very nice. nice. I have still failed to get an Xbox Series X pre-order. I I haven't even looked to be honest. I got <laughs> so much other stuff going on in my life. I mean, I, I want one. And I've heard they've they've given like some samples out to some of the bigger YouTube creators and who have absolutely wonderful, like good news to report, which is wonderful. But um, yeah, I haven't even looked, don't be honest. After that, that first day, I thought, man, I, I too much of life is happening right now. I can't <laughs> Funny do how this. life happens, huh? Man. Yeah, I was actually looking around and I and I discovered that Costco of all places had very briefly, um, Xbox Series X is available for pre-order That's on their website. Cool. But of course, they sold out. As soon as that news broke out, everybody went to the Costco website. They're sold out again. What's interesting is that certain places like Target or Walmart, 
not, not necessarily GameStop, but there seems to be times where all of a sudden they will get more in. And I don't know if it's because they're getting more stock or because certain people who pre-ordered realize they can't afford it. So they have to cancel their pre-order. So you're seeing the button of the pre-order uh, flicker on and off at times. Like it's kind of like luck of the draw where like you go to the website and you're like, oh, it's available and you click on it and then you're able to actually get it. <laughs> so who knows? But I thought I thought I would give everybody an update as to the, the hunt is still afoot. Speaking of Xbox, I, I know I'm kind of chiming in on your... Uh, no, 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 it's good. That's kind of a blend of your and both our weeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, it's dawned on me that I haven't played my Xbox in a very long time. Oh, you have been playing lots of PS4. I have playing a ton of PS4. My Xbox, subs- my, my Xbox Live mm. subscription mm-hmm. has canceled. Uh-oh. And I haven't noticed. Well, what I was doing... This is uh, no bueno. <laughs> so what I was doing was I was buying those... Uh, it's like the, the whole entire year. You can buy a year's worth of Xbox Live on a card, and you just put in the code, and there you have it. Well, I, I did that, and uh, more than a year has passed, and since I haven't logged on to the Xbox in such a long time, Russ... <laughs> Uh, I logged on because I didn't know if I, maybe I'll get, you know, Star Wars on Xbox. Maybe I'll get it on PlayStation. I'm not really sure. And so then I logged on and it just had like the very, very blank dashboard. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And it says, a message from Xbox. I'm like, what's this? I'm like, we haven't had payment from you in a while. And, we, and we've also stopped, of course, your Game Pass. Yeah. Because you have to have Xbox Live to have right. Game Pass. I'm like, oh, I don't have Game Pass anymore. And so my, the games are still on my little external hard drive, of course, but I cannot play them without. So, I mean, they, they've thought of that. Like, if you don't, if you go, oh, I got my guy at the games, I'm going to cancel. No, you still, they know, <laughs> they know that you have to have the service in order to play the games because I might get, that's pretty much why they gave you the games for free um, with the subscription. But I will have to reactivate my. So you didn't reactivate it right then not and there? Yet. No, 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 there we go. Stevie, only like 60 I smackers. I know that, right? Some of us got a lot, a lot of stuff to buy. Okay. You know what I'm okay. okay. Some of us need breaks. Some of us need uh, gas. Some of us need uh, milk and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, eating probably trumps the. Uh, Xbox Live. Entertainment. Inter- inter- entertainment, yes. So, of course, this goes without saying, we both played Star Wars Squadrons, right. which we'll talk to uh, in a little bit. In a, just, a, just a bitty bit. I ended up watching Avengers Infinity War again, and it wasn't... I don't, I don't remember the last time it was that I had sat down and watched that film. Man, that is a good film. You know, I haven't watched that since I saw it in the theater. You really should watch it again because, like, for me, this time when I sat down to watch it, I it, it sounds silly, but I forgot the sheer volume of actors that are in that film. And not only that, but the sheer volume of quality AAA actors in that film. And I, I, I just, I cannot stop like just fanboying out over the the notion that um, Kevin Feige did such a great job with the casting side of things. Like you could tell that one of the pillars of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was to actually hire people who are no- normally known for like dramas, right? Or, or perhaps other types of action adventure roles. 
but it wasn't like they hired a bunch of folks you'd never heard of before. And there, there is a, a place for that. Don't get me wrong, but it was amazing to see that this, 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 I mean, it was literally like, 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 a, well, an assembly of, um, all kinds of, of actors who I've enjoyed, um, performances from over the years. And it, it was, to me, it's such a miracle that, that they were able to pull that off over that 10 year period as they continued to build the world and everything else. And it came to this point and Thanos is such a fantastic villain. My goodness. I mean, like I've seen this movie several times now. I don't even know how many times I've seen it. Every time I watch it, I'm just like, man, this is a good movie. Well, I think it really plays to the importance of the villain in a movie because if you just have a, a big mean baddie, then he's not very interesting. I mean, you can, yeah. anybody can think of a mean person or a, a bully who's strong and powerful, but to have actually saw a great level of intelligence and smarts and motivation and you know a ton of other stuff behind him makes him have screen presence where you want to see actually the villain on screen literally as much as you want to see your beloved heroes on screen. That yeah. is really important. It is. It, it very much is. And of course, the movie is in two parts. You have Infinity War than Endgame. And I think we're both in agreement that we both preferred Infinity War just overall. I mean, obviously it's basically like one big long movie because right. it, it, it stops there and then goes on. But in terms of if, if I were to look at just the fun factor and the, the, the overall cinematic spectacle of things, man, Infinity War, it just, it, it takes off right away and doesn't let up. And by the end of it, you're just like, man, oh, it was awesome. By the way, I don't know if I've told you this. Remember when they were having those marathons at the theater where they were playing like all yeah. the- uh-huh. My wife works with somebody who went to one. No way. And she spent three days at the theater. Oh my God. And my wife asked her, like, well, how did, like, you have to shower and brush your teeth. She goes, well, you bring wipes and um, some other stuff, maybe to brush your teeth. But yeah, you don't leave. You kind of, you, you might go to your car to sleep a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I'm know like, if I could do that. Ugh. <laughs> the, the, the extent of what I did was I remember taking my wife to um, it, it was when Batman Dark Knight Rises was released and they had the special like one night preview night thing where they actually played all three films back to back. That was fun. I, I really liked that. But I got to say, after after watching the third movie, I was like, OK, I need a break. I need like some I, sunshine. Yeah, I need to get up. I need, I need to do something else and stuff um, that was that was reaching my limit. And so I don't know if I could. Uh, yeah, I don't think I could do like three days straight worth of being in a theater. Uh, that's just, ugh. Maybe if I was like 15 or something, I might yeah. be able to pull that off. I don't know, but. Anywho, um, and yeah, just, just to wrap up the week, I, I was playing more Animal Crossing with my daughter. I was playing more Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 is a great game. Man, that game's good. My wife wants us to get a Switch just so she can play Mario Kart. Well, I think the Switch is, what, 200 bucks? I don't know how much it is, but I thought we would look at it over Black Friday. Maybe we'll get it for a... An anniversary gift for us. <laughs> a late well, anniversary Christmas. A Christmas. Who knows? Yeah. I, well, just so you know, Switches are very hard to find. Um, they, uh, It's amazing how Nintendo just, they just print money. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's the games they make or it's the systems they create. But the Switch was uh, pretty easy to find for a while there earlier um, in the year. Uh, but then once coronavirus hit, then all of a sudden, like everybody started buying Switches. 
as well as other gaming systems makes perfect sense because everybody's trying to shelter in place and whatnot. But yeah, I, I would say good luck on, on looking for that. You might want to check out the local GameStop, see if they have any by chance or you know, look online. And it might be that perhaps you could have some luck that is a bit more fortunate than the Xbox Series X or PS5. Um, so you'll have to let me know if, if, you, yeah. if you find one and if you, uh, if you purchase it. But is there anything else? Um, I know I've been babbling on here with all kinds of different things that have transpired over the week. Do you have anything that uh, you'd like to mention? You know, my week has been filled with Star Wars for the most part, um, but not really. No, I've, I've been playing a lot of Star Wars uh, and I've been playing or, Squadrons. Sorry, Squadrons. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I think I dabbled in a little bit of, of uh, Ghost of, of Tsushima. What I have not played, though, was Avengers. <laughs> I, after we did our, our impressions of Avengers... I put it down for a while. Uh-huh. And uh, I was grateful to actually pick up uh, Ghost of Tsushima again, not feel guilty because I was playing. Have you beaten that game yet? What? Go no. Oh my goodness. I'm taking my well, I've been playing other stuff uh-huh. for the show, right? Uh-huh. Work related stuff. Well, I beat the game before Star Wars Squadrons came out, Steve. I yes, don't understand why I know you that. haven't. Because as if you remember, which I'm sure you don't. Who are you again? Yeah. <laughs> so you were playing when Avengers came out. You're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we got to get the game and we're going to review it and, uh, you know, we'll have a show on it. I'm like, okay, right. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and pick the game up and I'll play nothing but Avengers until we do the show. And then I'm playing Avengers and then like Twitch night comes like, hey, still, did you, are you, have you been playing it? I'm like, yeah. Haven't you? We go, no, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> so you have like an extra <laughs> whole week on me just playing that. So anyway, that's my excuse for us. <laughs> I've been putting other games in between Ghost of Tsushima to review on the show. And that's why I haven't had dedicated enough time. I see. I see. Well, is there anything else aside from Star Wars that you've been doing this week, Steve? <sighs> I don't think there is, Rob. Thank God about dozen. <laughs> Well, strap into your cockpit of choice. It's time for the topic of the day. of the day is Star Wars Squadrons Gameplay Impressions. This game was released earlier this week, and this is a title that I, for one, have been looking forward to, and I've been really curious about in terms of how it stacks up against some of the classic PC shooters like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and so forth. Aerial Assault. Mm-hmm. Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron. Yeah. So uh, we were able to sit down with this. I ended up purchasing it on PC and Steve ended up getting it on PS4. And so we were able to, to check out um, kind of the differences between the two. And so I'm curious with you, Steve. So this, this developer motive is the one who uh, is behind this particular title. I, I'm wanting to know what you think of the game so far. So 
the game so far, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's not, it's everything they said it was going to be, but nothing more and nothing less. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Um, very much focused on, uh, space dogfighting. Right. I will say there are, there are, is some pros and cons that I have definitely seen thus far. Um, but I am having fun with it. There is, I'm, what do you think of the cutscenes? Because to me, like the cutscenes, to me, not not the spaceship stuff where you see all the different ships fly by. Not like and, the hangars or anything. No, that the hangar stuff is what I'm talking about. Oh, the hangar scenes, like with the, when you have the dialogue with everybody. What do you think of that stuff? Because to me, that's just like a big waste of time. So I think okay. So, so first of all, I like him. Mm. I, I like the the hangar sequences just because. It gives you time to be out of the cockpit. You're not always in a TIE fighter or an X-Wing. Sure. Which, by the way, I have. I think um, we're just pecking the surface. I think they actually have like A-Wings and B-Wings, like, like several other types of, of spacecraft that we just haven't gotten to yet. Um, but to answer your question, so one of the things that I've heard from um, a few friends who have the game and also have VR, so like you know, Oculus Rift or whatever, they say that that it, the game is best played on a PC with VR. I don't have Oculus Rift. I don't have VR yet. Um, I, it, maybe at some point, uh, maybe for Christmas or something, maybe I'll pick it up. But I can tell that those sequences are optimized for the virtual reality experience where you can't really move, you can't walk around within yeah. the hangar itself. Right. But you know, in, in a game like this, which obviously it's not an action adventure title, it's not something where you have a character and you're going and, and you're doing things that you would do like in Horizon Zero Dawn, for example. I think that it works great because it gives you a slice of the world that you're in, whether it's, it's the Empire or it's the Rebel Alliance, and everything is done really well. I mean, like, like all the environments, the props, the characters, all, all the background action that's going on, especially on PC. Like, I think that's, that was the, the, the biggest notice that I had um, was I, I checked it out on PS4 and then I went back to the PC again. The PC version, man, everything looks super crispy and detailed. I, I was really impressed by that. It was a little jarring in the sense that I'm just accustomed to walking around when I'm in an environment like that. Like I just, through muscle memory, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm done talking to that person. Oh, let me go walk over to my X-Wing, but you can't do that. So that was a little bit of like, oh, okay, I got to recalibrate uh, my my expectations when it comes to different scenes like this. But I appreciate being able to talk to the characters for a little bit and see what's going on, be able to, to receive your mission briefings. So um I have some more comments on that, which I'll, I'll get to in a minute. Keep going. So I bought it for just the regular PS4 because that's what I have. And it seems like it was made with the better systems in mind, which, again, is absolutely fine because when I upgrade, I'm sure it's going to play a ton better than it plays right now. So I have to interject really quickly. I found out that the loading times are probably going to be better on the new systems. But as of this moment... Motive has not optimized the game to take advantage of the PS5 or Xbox Series X architecture. I hope that's something that they will do in the future, but at this point in time, I think they've even come out and said how they don't have any current plans to do so, which I find a little concerning because it's like, okay, you just released the game. Yeah, we're, we're only months away. And and this is this is a glowing opportunity to be able to 
you know, make your game look as good as possible on those next gen systems. So it may very well be that, you know, you're playing a game that, that yeah, is a bit more optimized in terms of the loading times, but in terms of the, the graphical fidelity, you're going to, it's going to look pretty much the same, unfortunately. Well, and, and it looks fine, but like, for example, certain cutscenes when you see the, the ships fly by, mine will be choppy. It'll mm. be smooth at some points and then choppy on other points. Really? Yes. And another part that I, it, I mean, it might be my controller, but I highly doubt it because the controller came from you and you're not necessarily rough with your stuff. No, I baby my stuff. And I'm not, I have not, I'm, I'm actually very rough, but, um, I've been very gentle with my PlayStation. You're so, so abusive toward your helpless <laughs> so, little controllers. Anyhow, it's my controller's fault and I'm losing. <laughs> it's just stupid. So anyhow. R3 is how you look around the cockpit. Uh-huh. I push R3, and I'm trying to look around the cockpit, and I can't. Well, not when you're flying, because then R3 turns into, well, literally, you turning. Well, no, R3, well, you can push in R3, and generally that's another command. Like, for example, L3, if you push it in, it's boost. And so you can, when right. you, yeah, right. So you, when you push in R3, you're supposed to push it in and look around and you're supposed to look around the cockpit. Oh, I didn't know that. It, I, I, yeah. I thought that like, so I thought that the, the left stick, the left thumb stick. So when you, when you push it forward, you speed up when you pull it back, then you slow down. Yeah. If you're in like the X wing fighter, if you click it, then you get that boost, that, that, that temporary boost of, of really fast uh, forward motion. But I didn't realize that you could still look around the cockpit. I thought that was only when you were in the launch bay and you hadn't actually started flying yet that then you could look. Because that's what I did. Is I, could, I could look around and go, oh, this is cool. Yeah, in the launch bay, I can. And that's what's funny is I can look about the cockpit in the launch bay and go, oh, okay, that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Cool. When you're in flight, the left stick either accelerates you, slows you down, or or turns or uh, like rolls you one direction or right. rolls you the other direction. Yep, yep. The right stick turns you right, turns you left, turns you, or, you know, pulls you up, pulls you down. Pitch and yaw. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Pitch and yaw. So, but that's it. Mm-hmm. So I cannot look. So for me, I am in this static image of the cockpit. I can't look up and see who's above me. I can't look to the left. I can't look to the right. right. I have to turn. So for me, that is a huge drawback because if, if I'm flying and I go, oh, someone's over there, you know, and I and <laughs> I can't look out there. All I'm looking is straight. It's like I have these horse blinders on. Like I can only see what's in front of me and that's it. And I thought that was a huge drawback. And I thought, okay, well, maybe there's another perspective. Like I can pull out of my ship and just, you know, see, you know, from like a behind the view sort of thing, a third person. And there's not that either. Yeah. I don't think there is. I was trying to, you know, mess with the buttons to see if I could like mistakenly uh, happen upon it. But But I've seen other people who have the PC version. There is a way for you to look about the cockpit and you can see all the, I mean, the environments are probably the best part of the entire game. Yeah, The environments are, are gorgeous. I mean, that, and that's been my complaint with other like spaceship style shooters or flight simulators is you want to see what you're flying towards. You just don't want to be like in the the vastness black space there. Oh yeah. I can see twinkling stars and a couple planets. Like I want to look, I want to, you know, put me in a different environment. Let me see some other stuff. And this, that's what this game does. And that's probably, that is my highest praise of the game. But I do want to take, an appreciative long glance at everything they are showing me. They've taken time to make 
all the like the star destroyers and all the ships and these and the suns and the clouds and the nebulas and the whatever. Like, right? I want to look at it, and yeah. and I can't. I'm only able to see out of one window <laughs> in my ship, yeah. and and that is it. And to me, that's a big drawback. Well, and I think one of my favorite moments so far of the game is actually when you first um, climb into your X-Wing fighter and there's that moment where you're you're going through your diagnostic check with all of the different parts of your, your console and the, the, the windshield uh, canopy starts to close down. I mean, it looked polished. I mean, like the, the reflections on the, on the windshield look great. You got some scratch marks on there and stuff and um, him being able to, to, to turn left and right and be able to check on, on everything that's going on, going through kind of the, the, the pilot checklist. I thought that was fantastic. I do think that is why the virtual reality setup is the optimal experience for this game, because you can have your control. Like for instance, like I can, I use my Xbox controller on uh, my PC. You know, I, I've been, I've been experimenting back and forth with like the keyboard and mouse setup, but also with the Xbox controller um, and I, I could tell, regardless of, of which device I'm using, if I have the VR headset on, then as I'm, you know, accelerating, decelerating, rolling, turning, whatever, I can be, in fact, like looking to my left, my right, up, down, that sort of thing. And you and it will actually start to track. And I think that's that's what my friends are geeking out about is like, dude, like when you're in the cockpit, it is immersive because you, everywhere you look, and, and I totally agree, I think that there is kind of this sensation of having horse blinders on, in terms of not being able to kind of look freely as where you want to look. Although I think that that probably only is advantageous with the X-Wing fighter because the TIE fighter, I don't believe, has windows on the side. It doesn't, it, right. Literally, they're, they're just looking straight forward. But that's just so. the TIE fighter. Other, other, you can fly multiple ships. Right. right. Um, so, I mean, I've gotten to the part, I've, I've flown, um, there's like this other um, ship that you can fly. It's It has the tie fight, the wings kind of over the top of it. It's almost looking like a, um, does it look like, like, like they're like goes straight on the sides and then it kind of comes in on the top and bottom. Um, not the bottom, the bottom is completely exposed. Okay. It's literally just like the top and it's supposed to be like a support ship. Okay. And so I've flown that and then there's actually like a second seat, like someone sitting next, next to me. Um, and so I can, and I can hear them talking to me, but I can't like look over at them. I, again, I'm looking only straight and that's it. So even with, I mean, I, I, I flew the A-Wing also, and I, I, the A-Wing is my favorite ship in Star Wars. Yeah, A-Wing is cool. Um, and so, and the A-Wing has a more, uh, I guess, circular cockpit. It's not square and flat like the X-Wing. And so I think that's really cool. And, and, the, and the, all the instruments, like the instrument cluster is more, uh, I guess, below you. Not below you, but more level, I guess. And so I think, well, I have this open cockpit. I want to look around me and I, I still can't, but so I, mean, I guess it is what it is, but, um, I don't know. To me, that's, just, that's just the biggest complaint that, that takes away from the fun factor for me. Sure. Do you, do you think it is a, a, a big detractor or just more of a nitpick? It, to me, it's a big detractor because when I play other games like Ace Combat, you can look at around you like no problem. And it's actually really cool because sometimes you get really close to these to the, your your wingmen mm. and women, and you can see like the ship is really close to me. It looks like something out of, straight out of Top Gun. And it's really cool, and it gives you this different perspective of where you're flying to and, and like the land, or if you see some big crater coming up, you know. Um, and so it, it's a completely different way to play the game. It's almost like you're playing. Uh, I don't know, Forza, for example, mm -hmm. and you're in the car. 
That's a totally different experience than like playing like outside the car. You are absolutely right. And, uh, and that's one of the things I thought about too when, as I was playing is I, I thought of that when I was trying to figure out if I could get a, a, a camera perspective that was behind the spacecraft instead of being in the cockpit. And I hope that there is some sort of option. I mean, there must be some sort of option for that. I just, I, I would find it kind of we- odd if um, you're playing the game entirely with the only option of being in the cockpit. And I understand that, like, yeah, they want it to be immersive. But at the same time, there is a certain quality that other Star Wars games I've played where, you, where you're where you in an X-Wing or a TIE fighter or whatever. Sometimes when you go behind the spacecraft as you're flying, that is its own kind of cinematic experience, too, because you get to actually see more of what's going on around you. And it, it reminds me of... of the movies when you, when you see those, those, those amazing space opera dog fighting sequences. So I'm, I'm keeping a positive outlook on that. Maybe I haven't found the right button to do to, to bring it out of there, or maybe motive will implement some sort of simple, uh, you know, firmware update or whatever for the game. But I do hope that they put that in there. I would like to talk a bit about the UI within the ships because I am pretty happy with how they had everything thought out. It was, it was, it was a very methodical process of, of what each one of those control panels do. And also in terms of your interactive experience as a gamer, because these, these ships, I mean, it's not just like you go out and you start shooting at people and whatnot. I mean, there is a lot that you have to absorb up front in terms of how do you speed up, slow down? How do you roll? How do you turn? Uh, if you want to put your your um, your energy more toward your shields versus your engines versus your lasers, whatever it is, even with the shields, if you want to be able to to have it be all encompassing around your ship versus put them put all of the efforts toward the front of the ship or the rear of the ship, and I for one really appreciate that. I think that that makes it a much more realistic experience because you're having to bear all these things in mind. And I will say, like it, it is a little daunting at first, and that is to be expected because there are, there are quite a few um, different types of functionalities that you have to be aware of. But as you play, the more you play, it, it really does become second nature. At least for me, was it for you? Yeah, I I had to play. I, th- I thought I'm never going to do this. Like I'm just going to play, and you know whatever happens happens, sort of thing. And then I thought, oh crap, I'm dying. I need to <laughs> put more power towards my shield, sort of thing. You know, and so yeah. It definitely makes sense. And I like seeing, like, um, this might sound kind of funny, but I, I really mean it, is I like seeing the hands, like, yes. going over and, like, and adjusting stuff. Yes, that, me I, too. I don't want it to automatically happen when I hit the buttons. I selected the character in the beginning, and I want to make see my character actually reach out to do stuff. Yeah. And in a hurry. And it's, it was funny. In the, one of the beginning sequences, I guess I, something happens. I forgot what it was, but your system jams up. Yes. And it literally instructs you just to mash a bunch of buttons. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and like something starts to work. It's very again. intuitive. Like, like that's something that we would all do in that situation. <laughs> I love how the game encourages you. Like, just go ahead, just try and get it to work. Uh, it was pretty funny. So I, yes, I am getting used to it. Where I'm like, man, I just really like. I'm, I'm. This is the the most intense part of the level. I just want to blow this thing up. And I go, okay, well, no one's behind me. I think, and so I'm going to. <laughs> convert all my power to the lasers, which they do that plenty of times in the movie. Like, yep. okay, oh, we need all everything towards the front shield. You know, <laughs> Con- convert all power to the front shield. Yeah. And so I will do that. And, um, or if I'm supposed to get to a place where, you know, it says meet up here and it's like 
4,000 meters away or something like that. I'm like, screw it. All, all power to engines. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, I think that's a very nice touch. Yeah, I, I was um, pretty happy with, with what I've seen so far. And there are many other ships I haven't tried yet that are coming down the pipe, I'm sure, within the game. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I think, so So we've already talked about the graphics side of the game. Uh, I definitely want to get you some hands-on experience with the PC version because I think you're going to be also impressed by how noticeably different the detail, the level of detail is. And my computer is not even like the latest, uh, most powerful machine that's out there. I do think that that, that is a bit of a... Uh, a drawback for me just because I don't have the latest graphics card. I don't have the latest, greatest computer. So if I put all of the, uh, the graphic settings on ultra or whatever, and then the frame rate starts to, to suffer, I don't have like a silky smooth 60 frames per second, um, or even maybe necessarily 30 frames. I, th I think it, it probably stays around 30 frames and dips down to maybe like 20 frames here and there, depending on how much craziness is going on screen. Um, I do think that it's worth noting that the game has a little bit of bugginess to it. And I don't know if, if, if you've experienced that as much on console. Oh, it crashed the first time I started to play it, so yes. Oh, it did Did it really? It did a cool, like, soft reset of my PlayStation, yeah. Oh, wow, okay, so so that was what happened with me as well on the PC, where it didn't actually, like, like actually crash the, the, the application and brought me back to Windows, but Mine did. what was interesting <laughs> was when it was done loading and, and I, I initiated the application, it just was stuck on that loading screen. Like, I had the little loading icon in the lower right-hand corner. It was there for like four or five minutes. I'm thinking it should not take this long. I don't understand what's going on. So I ended up backing out of that and restarting my comp and everything else. And then uh, we got past that. So it's like, okay, now it's working. It, it, I guess it just needed, you know, a reset of some sort. Um, and there, I've, I've noticed um, a few other types of, of complaints online of people um, coming into certain things. Luckily, those seem to be few and far between. It seems to be more of a loading situation or something to that effect. I, I have not noticed any kind of bugs or whatever uh, during gameplay at all, which is great because that, that's what matters most. Oh, okay. There was a bug that is also worth mentioning for me, which is um, there was a saving bug. Where so I, after I played it the first time, I made it through the prologue of both the X-wing pilot and the Tie Fighter pilot, and I was getting into the briefing and I was doing the briefing, um, and they, it was getting all set up for like the first like official mission, right? So I, I went to bed and we came back the the next day to to play some more. It had not saved at all uh -huh. my progress. So what was funny was like, I played the prologue on the PC and then what I ended up doing in between that was I also played the prologue again on the PS4 just to do like a graphics comparison so I could kind of see what, you know, the differences between the two. I had to play through the prologue a third time uh, huh. in order to get back to where I was on the PC, which put me a bit more farther behind because that could have been time spent getting farther into the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was one thing where I'm like, huh? and even when I was broadcasting, um, I ended up doing a, a broadcast uh, the day after our normal broadcasting time, which is Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Central time. I was on there on Thursday evening just messing around and whatnot. And I remember getting to the end of the broadcast and, and I was going to go to bed for the night. I'm just thinking, gosh, man, I really hope this game saves where I'm at because that would just be so sad if I had to go back to the prologue again. So I'm pretty sure, fingers crossed, 
that it actually did <laughs> save. Because I before I turned the, the the game off, I went back to the main menu, and they do have kind of like this little progression thing of like different missions that you've accomplished that you can go, go back to and that sort of thing. So I'm going to have positive thoughts that uh, it'll work. I had a bug where every once in a while, the enemies will, like if they're close to an object, they'll just stop and they won't do anything. And like, and like it, 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 it's not just them shutting their engines down because they're, they're like flickering a little bit, like huh. they're stuck in one spot and they're just flickering and I'll go, great. I'll just, you know, easy prey, whatever. Okay, done. And <laughs> nice shot. Uh, thank you, wingman. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and that, that happens not all the time, but that definitely does happen. We're like, oh, that's happening again. Okay, whatever. I'll just take him out. Yay me. One of the things I would like to do is to replay X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which is one of my all-time favorite Star Wars games for, for games in general. But also when it comes to PC, that was like one of the most respected dog fighting styled um, shooters when it came to like aerial combat, you know, whether it was a space shooter or just anything in general that, that involves being up in the air or up in the sky. So that is hopefully available. Maybe I'll look on Steam and see if it's still there. I would like to kind of do a cross analysis of the two games just to see how far along we've come. But I will say, despite that game coming out back in the 90s, looking at this particular title, I did get some of those those same feelings I had when I played that game. And that is a very good thing because um, I think that the, the, the developers over at Motive have been pretty vocal in communicating their desire to want to, to live up to those types of expectations. It's like their game is almost like a love letter to X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. And I, and so far, like I said, with the, the limited amount I've played so far, I think that they, they've done that. I think that they, you can tell they've, they've put a lot of time and effort into making more of this, this, this focused space dog fighting game. Um, I did have, uh, a few observations and, and some critiques about the game itself. Um, first of all, I noticed that there are an awful lot of female characters in the game. When I, when I was thinking about like how the game starts off, you have um, an Imperial Commodore Sloan, who the captain is talking to before he goes out and gets in his TIE fighter. Um, if we, when you get to the, the rebel Alliance, you, you are introduced to the rebellion X wing uh, mechanic who says, hi, very nice and everything. And then she introduces you to some of, um, your, your other X wing pilots who are also female. You have, I don't remember their names. Um, but like one of them has, it's an alien. It has like a, that, that reddish right. skin and that, that, that cyborg arm. Right. And then you have the other, uh, other female that is like kind of a yellow toned skin with the, the face paint, like, or tattoos right. on the face. Um, and then even, even, uh, I can't remember how do you pronounce his name, but the, basically the guy who defects captain, uh, Yavez or yeah. J- J- Javes or something like that. His, um, the, the TIE fighter who's accompanying him is also female. So there, there, there's, there's a very uh, predominantly female presence so far that I've noticed in the game. Not a bad thing at all, but just it, it, it was kind of interesting to me going, huh, that's kind of interesting. Right. And um, the only type of male characters that I've, I've witnessed so far are, so you have the captain who defects. And then, um, if you, you know, if you decide to, to, uh, create a character that happens to be male, then you, but you don't really see yourself or hear yourself. Right. Um, and then some of the other characters, uh, like there, there's a Bosque or a Bosque, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Bosque or Bosque. 
Um, but he's kind of more of a lizard type right. of character, uh, decidedly more of the male species, but he, but it's not a human. It's not a humanoid character in that regard. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, I think that, that it probably is in alignment with um, some of the, the trajectory that Star Wars has been taking over the last, I would say, several years. You know, one other nitpick that I have with the game, it's not a, a, a big thing, but it's a, it's a small nitpick. And that is that the aliens that you come across in Star Wars Squadrons all seem to speak English. And that was something that when I when I think back to the Star Wars films, particularly the, the original trilogy of episodes four, five, and six, what I found to be so neat in terms of, of it being more of, of a rich, uh, like kind of intergalactic cultural experience is the fact that most, if not all, of the alien species had their own dialect. They had their own language that they spoke. And it didn't matter if... if it was Jabba the Hutt or if it was Chewbacca or my goodness, even the, I can't remember the, the name of the, the alien that was with Lando Calrissian in the Millennium Falcon and Return of the Jedi. Uh, you could look at the Ewoks. You could look at the Jawas. There were, there were several different kinds of, of aliens throughout the ecosystem that is Star Wars. And, it just made it that much more of an authentic experience. Now you did have certain aliens like Yoda, for instance, who um, is able to speak English. And I think that's fine to have uh, a few of those, you know, sprinkled throughout, right? Because obviously the humans were also able to learn the languages of these other aliens to a certain degree. Like for instance, Han knew what Chewie was saying at all times. And my hope is, is that as I continue playing through Star Wars Squadron's, that I will come across additional characters that are of, of, of these different types of uh, worlds and, and do, in fact, speak their own native tongue. Because I, I, I appreciate being able to look down and see the subtitles appear and, and, and find out what it is that they have to say. So, again, not, not a big thing, but just something I noticed how all the different creatures that I've come across so far all speak perfect English. One of the other things, too, in terms of the character creation um, that I wanted to cover is, first of all, I appreciate how you can customize your pilot a bit. Even though you don't really see your pilot when you're playing the game, I, I still think it's fun. And, uh, and I love the, um, the variety and the diversity within the, the, the options that you have available. One of the things that I wish you could do, though, is I wish there were options like when you select one of the, the, the portraits to be able to go in and further refine that portrait. So like being able to adjust the nose, adjust sure. the brow, the ears, yeah. the chin, all that kind of stuff that, that's become kind of standardized. I'm surprised that they didn't actually have that incorporated. So I was thinking, oh, this this one looks cool. I wonder what else I could do. Oh, that's that is literally yeah, it. I'm just okay. choosing that person as is. Yeah, yeah. And and I would say um as a critique, like all of like if I look at like the well, I mean it doesn't matter on both sides, but like the if if I look at the Rebel Alliance options, for example, all of them look great except for the white guy. And it's the weirdest thing because I've, I, and I just, I feel compelled to just make a note of this. 
it's not just with this game, but it's with other games too. Like Forza Horizon Four exactly. is like this too. Oh, that's a prime example. It's weird to me, like how all of these different nationalities are represented, and they all look terrific, like just really, really cool. And then you get to the Caucasian male, and you're like, what on earth? Like, that's like the most random person that can. <laughs> Yeah, like like in this in this situation, you're looking and you can tell they're kind of they're they're trying to go for that '70s kind of look, sort of. But it, it, he ends up looking more like a uh, a computer programmer or some I don't know. Like like it's just he doesn't look like how I imagined. Like like if I think of a Caucasian male in Star Wars, I think of um, like Wedge Antilles, or I think of Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. And it's funny because I look at that particular archetype that they have in there. I'm like, dude, you don't, you'd be the one like fueling up the X-Wing. Right. <laughs> you'd be the one like coordinating where like well, my, my light speed trajectory is going to go to get to like point A to point B. I don't, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, yeah, he'd be like one of those guys that, that's in the map room, like doing the little laser <laughs> exactly. pointer. Oh, he's going to this planet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> something along those lines. And but, in three seconds across the entire <laughs> galaxy, at this trajectory, he's going to land up right here. Imperial troops have entered the base. Imperial troops have entered. <laughs> that would be him. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, oh, it's, it's it's a minor gripe, but it was just looking at it, I'm thinking, that's okay. what I have to choose. Okay, I can't make any alterations at all. And maybe it's it's just maybe it's what the kiddos are are into these days. Maybe, maybe I'm just old and, and uh, the 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 current trends and fashion statements and everything else are are uh, a little newer than right. what I was uh, doing back when I was a youngster. Yeah. But um, anyway, still really cool that, that you have it. I actually love, I really love the selection of pilot portraits, by the way, for, on the Imperial side. Lots of really cool Yeah, the Imperial's portraits. definitely gotten more, yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is available, I don't know if, if you have to get farther into the game or if you have to become part of like the, the EA access. What is it, EA Play access or something, something like, like that? Something like that. Um, but I do think there are more portraits that are available. I just am not sure how to unlock them. I'm not sure how they come about. But it it looks like there is going to be even more um, that, that you can choose from, which is cool. Which I, is I, fine. I, yeah. I mean, not like you even see your character anyway, so. Exactly. At some point, you're like, great. Sort of. Anyway, <laughs> not going to see him again after this one screen of selection. Pivoting over to the music, I love hearing John Williams' score. It is amazing to me. And, and it really, it's amazing and it's not because it's amazing in the sense that like every time I hear it, it's just it's so good. Yeah. It's not amazing in the sense that, of course, it's good. <laughs> it's John Williams. Right. But like when it when it came to playing the game, uh, there were so many instances, like, for instance, like when you're in the, the, the TIE fighter and you're kind of going about and you're flying by like the huge star destroyers and the other capital class ships and stuff, hearing his music play while you're doing this. And, and again, this is one of the best looking Star Wars titles yet. I love how like we're getting better and like with every Star Wars game that comes out, it keeps leapfrogging over the last efforts regardless of platform. And I got chills, man. Like, like as, as you're just cruising along and you're going by, like, for instance, like one of those huge star destroyers and, you, and they're not shooting at you or whatever, but you're just, you're in awe of the impressive size of the ship and how small you are and how well thought out 
um, this kind of ecosystem is in the game and you hear the music playing. I mean, it really ties everything together. Did you find that as well? Yeah, I, I did. So I'll, I'll touch on the music and then I will touch on, you know, how big and small you are compared. Cause, cause I do have something to say about that. The music, I'm glad what they, how they selected what they selected and implemented what they implemented. Because I remember back in like rebel assault, how they would continually play like the most notable music whenever you would play. And I got tired of hearing like a, the same song. In the dun, 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 I'm like, okay, I played the game 26 times. So it's like I played the soundtrack. Repeat, 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 repeat. And eventually I just want to go turn the music off. I don't want to get tired of this music. And this game, they, 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 the, 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 the variety the is variety, great. Variety, thank you. The variety is is very fitting for the mission that you are doing. So they actually put a lot of thought into it, which I I respect. I did though because of what I remember from Rebel Assault. I did turn the music portion down, and I did turn the sound effects up. Yeah. So just because of what I remember years ago from Rebel Assault, um, but I will say like. In comparison to scale, it it's different when you watch the cutscenes and then you're flying around the ships because the ships, like the, the Star Destroyers, they do feel, to me, smaller when you're flying around them than when actually you're watching a cutscene like the like the the shit like the TIE fighters are flying out of it. You're like, oh yeah, I mean those things are so small compared to the Star Destroyer. And then you're flying around it and it seems like the Star Destroyer is a lot smaller or you are a lot bigger. One of the two, but it definitely feels um, not to scale, mm. I guess, in my perspective. Well, wait, which ones are not are not to scale? Like, for example, like just just the like the big hangar ships, like the Star Destroyer, for uh-huh. example, or if like I forgot what the one is called, but on on the Rebel side, because like I'll fly, I like flying around all and dodging all these obstacles and whatnot, and I'll fly around the ship, and the ship it's still large, but it's not massive. And you would think that it would be massive because they're storing all like a ton of these ships that you're flying inside of it. Plus they're housing thousands of people who are working on the ship um, and all their lodging and and whatnot and and whatever. So I just would think that they would be even larger in the game than they they are. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at some of those. I know that on the Rebel side, they have the Carillion Cruisers. I don't know if that's what you're referring to or not, but I believe yeah I, I i i think well it's difficult to know like like wow I, I don't have like a very good visual on like if i look at a, at a size chart of all the different ships that exist within the rebel alliance or even the empire itself i feel like the star destroyers are a good size i, f- I feel like they're they're in, in a correct scale i don't yeah but in terms yeah of the the rebel side i'll have to take a look at that um, but to me, it's not a big detractor. I, I, I love being able to fly past them and doing things. Sure. And, and I, for one, wanted to echo your sentiment earlier on about how this game could have very easily fallen into a trap of just being a trap. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> it could have very easily fallen into the trap of just going into outer space and all you see are twinkling stars and you're, and you're doing dog fighting. And from what I have experienced so far, that is definitely not the case. Every level that, that you are playing in is very unique and exclusive unto itself. I really like the thoughtfulness and creativity that has gone into these environments. Like you said, the environments really are the star of the show, I, I must say. 
the ships themselves look terrific too, but the environments really are, man, they're, they're cool. They're, they, they, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. And like I said, like they're creative in the sense where like, like you get there and you're like, you're kind of like in this, this sense of wonderment. Cause you're like, man, that looks so cool. Like, and you know that they've done like all kinds of research with NASA and with like, like what is out, is out there and what could be out there, that sort of thing. So uh, very cool with that. Did you have any concluding thoughts on this, Steve? Actually, I kind of wanted to go over. I, I made a list. Oh, good. I made a list of my pros and cons. Okay, let's do it. So what I like, um, the sound for the most part, because I've always, I'm, I mean, when we watch Star Wars movies and I kept on saying like, okay, when I see the Millennium Falcon, I want to hear those thrusters. You know, if you're going to put the pedal to the metal, I want to hear something, you know? And, and. In this, yeah, you're 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 adjusting all power to the engines, and then you can hear them, and you can hear them pretty good, and they sound good. The lasers, also, I'm I mean, you're going to be doing an awful lot of shooting, and so I would hope that the lasers would sound awesome, and they do, and so shooting is great. Um, and I like all the button switches and clicks and stuff. And I like with, if you blow up something and you're actually really close to it, you got like little particles, what kind of bounce off your, your, yeah, your canopy. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And I really like that. So the environments I already talked to you about, uh, the music, um, the, the shield laser engine adjustments, all that is better. Um, run it, running into things. I hate like, and other, like, <laughs> Other other shooter like your know, spaceship shooter games, if I like, tap just just barely like I'm I'm going as slow as I can possibly go, and I tap one thing, it's you know you just blow up. I'm like come on, and so I like that you know if in case you just kind of tap something, they they your shield takes a hit, but yeah. you're, it's not game over all of a sudden. I really appreciate that too. I, you know, really quickly, I just have to tell you there when I was playing through one of my three uh, trips through the prologue. There was an instance where like, you know, the, the, the captain's talking to me as, as we're going through the, the, the Imperial side of things and we're making our way toward the, like the, the first uh, look at a star destroyer as it's happening. Like one of the AI controlled TIE fighters that are coming toward me totally like comes right at me and like, just, just drills me. I luckily I, I didn't blow up, but I was just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Golly. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. So I like the ability to repair your ship too, because you've seen that plenty happen, happen plenty of times. Like R2, can you repair the, blah, 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 you know, and whatever it is. And then R2 is doing his back, you know, trying to repair your ship. I thought that was a very, very nice touch. So the stuff that I didn't really care for, I, I mentioned the cut scenes. Uh, we won't have to go over that. No third person view. I can't look, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Radar. I want to talk about the radar um, because you, you, you see in the films they do have a radar lock and they are shooting lasers and lasers will you know, shoot in front of you. And then when the radar locks, the lasers will adjust and yep. shoot towards your, that doesn't happen with this. In fact, they just, they train you. You have to lead what you're shooting into, you know, what right. you're firing at. And so the radar lock is mainly used for missiles, which I don't know. I never really found that to be fitting in a star Wars universe. Really? I mean, well, maybe, I mean, maybe the, yes, the, maybe no. But. Well, the X-Wings are outfitted with different types of, of missiles. Like the, miss, like the things you see in there are accurate to the canon of Star Wars. Um, and what, one of the things I found that was really nice about the, like, like the whole like locking on mechanism is that you can get overwhelmed very easily when you're in the midst of like a, a dogfight. And just being able to press the A button or the X button if you're on PS4 
it will tell you, oh, here's the nearest target that you can go for, which is great because then it gives me something to, to um, zero in on as opposed to just, I don't know where to do next. Right. There's so much <laughs> happening. I feel like that one pilot in uh, Re- was Return of the Jedi, he's like, there's too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I, I mean, I, I remember like, you know, they have proton torpedoes or whatever they're called, you know, that they blew up the yeah. day. I saw, I, yeah, I get that, but I just wanted the radar. I mean, when they're blowing up stuff on the Millennium Falcon, they have radar. When they're blowing up stuff with the TIE fighters, they have radar, you know, whatever, whatnot. So, I just would hope that they would have it in this. It's not a big gripe, but it's something that I was kind of hoping for since it's there um, or since your radar is available. Uh, let's see. So I would say the dog fighting, it, it's cool, but it definitely feels sluggish mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like I know the controls are a bit different than like say ace combat, but it seems like, okay, someone's to the right. I got to turn to the right. Okay. Molasses turn. And then you, you would watch one of the movies and they're really like dog fighting. They're turning. And I mean, I true. It's outer space and it's not like you're in the, in the atmosphere. Or, exactly. So maybe that, that is a component to it, but it, it definitely, I would like there to be, like an like an an agile agileness if that's even a word like to the, to the <laughs> chips like there was that part where they go oh we want you to practice uh, space drifting more agility I think is what you're thinking well, yeah well I, yeah maybe um, but like for example there's a part that they, they say we want to train you on space drifting and I'm like oh this is gonna take forever and so they go go as fast as you can then cut your engines and then make a hard turn and I do it and it. They're like, great job. I'm like, I just, I just turned. Like, I didn't feel like, like in my head, what they were trying to describe what I was going to do is sounded amazing. And then like the realistic part was, was nothing special. Yeah. And so like just maneuvering all together just feels like kind of molasses. And I, and I don't really want to, I'll get to the multiplayer and, and the dog fighting, but the, everything that I've heard of so far is that if you haven't mastered the controls, um, then yeah, you're you're gonna be a fly on molasses and easy to swat, basically. Yeah. Um. So I okay, yeah, I mentioned the bigger ships, uh, not you know feeling as as big as they are, and I I want to say something else to that too. What would have been really cool, and this is not a huge gripe, I'm just saying, like, you know, when they take off from the hangar of mm-hmm. the ship mm-hmm. and then they fly out from that opening, mm-hmm. I want to do that. I want to, you know, get in the in the cockpit, turn on everything, hear my engines fire up, and then see have some lift off, and then I want to actually fly out of the ship. I wonder if if that will happen in the in the next part of the the game. Yeah, and and I guess um, lastly, what I would say is um, that I think we should be able to take out more turrets. Like if there's a, a oh, there will be you, you know that as you get into the game, there's going to be other opportunities because they 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 keep on saying and I and I some some of the turrets I can definitely see, but there's it's impossible to take them out, and so they're like oh don't get too close because the the, the, the the star destroyer is gonna or the whatever is gonna kill you and I'm like the shield, okay well, yeah. well I can I can take out the turrets and I'll zigzag and dodge the laser fire, but I'm gonna take out the turret and therefore I eliminate that threat yeah you know and then like lasers are just like automatically come out of somewhere of the body of the starter stories. are like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make any sense, but um, that's kind of a gripe. <laughs> like I could just take out the turrets and then they'll stop firing. Why do I, you know, <laughs> you're, th- you're putting too much thought into it, Steve, but, the, but in the movies they do well, they on, take out the on, turrets on the death star. Yeah. Well, I'm not de- Okay. So, but they still do it. And I don't, I don't even know if there is a death star in this particular game because this game takes place right after right. F- episodes four, five, and six. So, 
well, okay. So did you have uh, any concluding thoughts? I will say that the lasting appeal of the game will really be determined on if they decide to put, you know, microtransactions or DLC, what the DLC actually is. Because like after the first night of playing, I was pretty much done with it. Um, I wanted to come back and play it a second time, but I wasn't in a hurry. Like Ghost of Tsushima, there's not enough time in the day. Like I know I have to go to sleep and and that's why I stopped playing is mm. because I know I need sleep. But if, if I could, <laughs> I mean... If I had a vacation and I didn't care, I would stay up. I would keep on playing, you yeah. know, and I think that that is a little bit telling. That all being said, the price point of the game, I think, is perfect because if it was- It's a, a very fair oh, price. Oh, it's a very fair price. So, yeah, I, I would think if I paid 60 bucks for it, mm, I'd be that would definitely be too much. Because I paid 40 for it? I'm like, thank you. This it's is refreshing, uh, honestly. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you guys put some thought into it. Thank you very much. And yeah. I would definitely recommend picking it up. Yeah, for forty bucks. I mean, good deal. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm really enjoying the game so far. I'm very much looking forward to seeing more. I think it's it's more of a result that I am a larger Star Wars fan in general than you are, and I th- and there's nothing wrong with that. But like. I just think that that for me, I tend to eat up um, a lot of stuff that is quality Star Wars. And I, for one, am always wanting more Star Wars games to come out. And I think what's been fun when I look back, just just at like the various console releases, there have been a number, a string really, of really high quality Star Wars games that dates back to the 16-bit days. And I think it's fantastic that we continue to have folks who just have a love for Star Wars. And um, this is, is no exception. And I think for me, I'm going to have to to experience the game in its entirety before I can start to think about what I'd like to see for, for a sequel or maybe another game like it. But when I see games like this, my go-to is always I want to fight against the Death Star. Like that is such the iconic space opera dogfight and other games in the past have done that and it has been a lot of fun to be able to go through and experience it and i just think when it comes to the next gen consoles as well as the next gen pcs i think that the uh the time is right to be able to to come up with something that is very much in that episode four five and six canon you know and i think the closest thing that we've seen kind of to that recently anyway, is actually through the movie Rogue Squadron because there was so much of that movie that obviously the movie takes place between episodes three and four of the the, uh, the actual uh, series of films. But I loved how it was um, unmistakably set in like that kind of 70s time frame where you had like the the big sideburns and and you had the the 70s haircuts and you had the old school stormtroopers and you had all of the um the different types of like you know the the ATATs that were more in like a prototype form versus um some of the 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 classic spaceships that that we all come to know and love and everything that was going on and it was like yes like like there there's something very special about how all of that wrapped up from episode four, five, and six. It, it, it's so that time period. And I think that aids a lot in the, the overall visual as well as the experience. So I just hope that that moving forward, we will be able to have 
levels like that that perhaps follow more of the storyline where you get to take control of the Millennium Falcon and, and do certain things or you can you know t- basically take little excerpts out of the films and be able to turn those into levels but having said that what I have seen so far I really enjoy it I really appreciate like I said earlier the thoughtfulness of how you control each one of the ships I like how um, there there's quality voice acting the music sounds terrific um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if, if I would engage as much in the multiplayer side of things because games like this, it's like, there's like one person when you're playing multiplayer, who's like an ace <laughs> and they go through and they just like decimate all the rest of us. And it's one thing to play against the AI because they're easier, but you put like 50 human beings, you know, 50 gamers in uh, a multiplayer map and it's like everybody's doing left turns all day because everybody's trying to get behind each other and that sort of thing and, and it, you know I think there is some fun to be had and again I'm going to reserve my my judgment on this particular game until after, after I've actually experienced the multiplayer but other games that are that are the same genre have this type of problem and to your point that you made earlier I do think that it is an ongoing challenge to adequately give the sensation of speed when you are in the spacecraft, especially when you're in outer space, because there just aren't a lot of... The physics are a bit different with no gravity, right? Well, no gravity, but, but also there, there just aren't a lot of objects that you whiz by. And so it's very difficult to understand, oh, I'm going really fast. You know, um, I think that in terms of older titles that are kind of in the same vein it's almost like they're, they, they fall victim to feeling like you're constantly cruising at 45 miles per hour in the air when in fact you should be going a whole lot faster. And I, and I think that part of that has to do with the limitations of what the hardware can do to performance wise. Right. I mean, that's just to be expected, but I do um, look forward to seeing what other levels are in this particular title because there are like these brief moments where all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm going faster. This is cool. And my hope is, is that we'll be able to, to experience more of that. But I'm very thankful that Motive decided to take a chance on this. I definitely wish them luck in terms of the, the sales that they make on the title. And, and perhaps they'll, they'll be able to make some DLC for this game as well as making a sequel. And um, I'm, I'm just glad that after Star Wars Fallen Jedi, which you know, Respawn did through the, the EA publisher, that we are now getting another Star Wars title from the, the EA staple that, that is also quality. So hats off to them. That wraps up this episode of Joy, guys, and make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week. <laughs>